This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Liverpool will face Manchester City in the semi-finals of the FA Cup after the Reds beat Nottingham Forest 1-0 thanks to a Diogo Jota goal. You're listening to the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel with Patrick Smith following a successful quarter-final at the City ground and Jurgen Klopp's side will travel to Wembley once again in the hunt for a quadruple. Championship Nottingham Forest put up a brilliant fight and didn't make it easy for the Reds who fought for a hard-earned 1-0 victory. This means Jurgen Klopp's side will now face Man City in consecutive weekends in two crucial fixtures in the Premier League title race and, of course, the FA Cup semi-final. It's certainly going to be a busy April. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Liverpool will meet Manchester City in the FA Cup semi-final after a nearly hard-fought and at times tense 1-0 win here against Nottingham Forest at the City ground. It was Diogo Jota's late goal which has taken Liverpool into the last four for the first time in a decade um, where they meet City at Wembley next month. Um, so they play City on April the 10th at the Etihad and then we'll play them um, the following weekend at Wembley. So what a couple of games we have on the horizon in a few weeks. Uh, Klopp made seven changes <clears throat> uh, for this one um, as he looked to... Uh, rest and uh, recuperate some legs uh, as the fight for the quadruple obviously goes on. Uh, the likes of Joe Gomez came in for Trent Alexander-Arnold at right back. Costa Simakas was uh, on the left. Ibrahim Akanate came in. Uh, Thiago Alcantara was dropped out. Uh, Naby Keita and actually Chamberlain but in midfield alongside Fabinho as Jota was up front alongside Harvey Elliott and Roberto Firmino. Um, Liverpool really laboured to the win in, in all truth. Didn't create too many chances. Um, neither did Nottingham Forest in fairness. It was a uh, a tough, hard-fought game, but one that didn't have too many guilt-edged chances. Roberto Firmino probably missing Liverpool's best one in the first half when he went clean through and tried to chip uh, the goalkeeper Havorth, but uh, nothing doing with that one. Um, Liverpool made a quadruple substitution with Thiago, Henderson, Diaz and Minamino all coming on, but uh, didn't really inspire much of a difference. Uh, and it was um, Forrest who had the best chance, actually, with Philip Zinkernackel uh, towards the end of the game and that really seemed to jot Liverpool into life because moments later it was Jota who gave them the lead and his 19th goal of the season was ultimately the difference between the sides and has sent Liverpool to Wembley for a second time this season um, how they'd love to make that a third of course as they look to uh, go one better um, than the semi-final stage it's the uh, furthest that Klopp's Liverpool have ever been in the FA Cup they've never been behind the fifth round before um, before tonight's game so they march on the quadruple is still alive and this probably represents the lowest of the three priorities left for Liverpool but uh, you wouldn't think so after today's game it's finished here at the City Ground Nottingham Forest nil Liverpool one the post game podcast on the blood red channel Mike Holt from going the match podcast with my review on Nottingham Forest nil Liverpool one Sees us through to the semi-final of the FA Cup. Um, that wasn't really the way I thought we would get there, um, to be quite honest. Um, and, you know, credit where it's due to Nottingham Forest. Um, you know, I just, truth be told, they deserve to go through to extra time at least there, I think, to be honest. Um, don't think Liverpool were anywhere near uh, where they have been all season in that, in the whole 90 minutes. Um, but again, like we always keep saying, um, 
in the season we won the league. So many of those games, we weren't at our best. Yeah, we got the result. Um, and that's exactly what we did tonight. Um, obviously, makeshift uh, starting 11 to what we used to. Um, which, you know, it's credit to Klopp, really, because he didn't have to throw some of the players in today that he did to give them a chance, you know, those fringe players. But he still he still gave them a chance, um, even in a quarterfinal of an FA Cup. Um and I suppose getting into that, going into the starting eleven, um, Allison, uh, Gomez, Van Dijk, Canate, and Simicas. Um, as a defensive unit, I can't really criticise them because, like I say, they're not used to playing as a back four like that. Um, but I suppose individually, Simicas probably had his poorest game in a Liverpool shirt this season. Um, he wasn't awful. He just. He wasn't quite on it. Um, a few brain fart moments, stupid free kicks. His crossing wasn't quite on it. He struggled to beat the first man. Uh, Gomez, yeah. Gomez is poor, but I will give him leeway in the fact that he's not a right back. I don't expect. I'm not expecting him to be Trent Alexander-Arnold, but I, I thought his decision making wasn't great today. Um, I thought he struggled at times. He doesn't look fit to me. He, every time I've seen him this season, he doesn't look. And I don't know if that's match fitness because he's not playing week in, week out. But maybe he is one of those players that has to play week in, week out to look good, to have his confidence there. And it, it, every time I've seen him this season, he just hasn't, because he's not had the run of games, he's not looked great. So maybe that, there is a reason for that. Van Dijk and Canate, they were tested at times. Both made mistakes at times. Both were both were 6 out of 10, I think. Um Again, sloppy free kicks given away. And like I say, Nottingham Forest had their chances. You know, there was times where Van Dijk was giving the ball away and he was tracking back. And, you know, the, the clear-cut chance they had in the last 15 minutes there, that came from Van Dijk. So, you know, job done. I, you know, I think it's quite hard to say they, to say that they actually got a clean sheet out of that. Um, midfield uh, was Fabinho. Uh, catering Oxley Chamberlain. Fabinho, I thought, played really well, won his battles. Um, Kate, I thought, was really poor, so sloppy on the ball. Um, 50 50s, he was backing out of them. He looked, just didn't look like he fancied it today. And that's the sort of Naby Kate that frustrates me. And then he'll go and put in a great performance. You know, he's so hit and miss. Um, but I don't think he was that great today. Um, Oxley Chamberlain, again, very poor. Um, in terms of him driving with the ball, I thought it was good. He was, you know, he was trying, but his final product was really poor. Um, decision making poor. He's just not impressed me again this season. And I keep saying the same thing about Oxley Chamberlain. Those are the games where it should be he should be, you know, putting a really great performance in and making it hard for Klopp to drop him. And he's not really done it when he's been given the chance. He's not grasped it, and it's frustrating that. Um, and then a front three of Firmino, Jota, and Harvey Elliott. Um, Harvey Elliott was good. I felt quite sorry for him because he didn't get much of the ball, to be honest. Um, not a lot came down his side, and a lot went down Jota's side, you know, for obvious reasons. Um, and touching on that, Jota thought he was superb. Thought, you know, live wire again. First half, he, he was a bit, I don't know if the correct word would be clumsy, but he wasn't. He wasn't quite on the ball first half and second half. He was a different animal. He was the Diogo Jota we all love and adore. 
obviously pops up with his goal. Um, and Bobby Firmino, I thought he was he was good. Um, frustrating at times when he get the ball away a little bit, but it, it, he did more things good than he did worse. If that makes sense, um, his pressure is really good, um, and I, I'm delighted to see him come back into that front three um, as a as another option for the second half of this season, where we're really going to need bodies. Um, so it was vital, really. He got you know another good performance in in his legs. Um, but to be honest, you know throughout the game, I think those subs made a massive difference. The four subs coming on made a huge impact because I think in that midfield with Kate, especially Kate and Oxley Chamberlain, we really they were poor. They really, really let me down in terms of what I expected of them today. I thought this would have been a really good game for them to start. Maybe some most. Maybe so much more Oxley Chamberlain and Cater, um to sort of stamp a bit of authority down, and he didn't do it. Um, but like I say, the subs really did make a big impact. And credit to Nottingham Forest, as I said at the start, you know they had some great chances there. You know, they quite easily could have gone through tonight. Um, like I say, they probably deserved to go to extra time and test us again for another half an hour. But as it is, Liverpool are going to Wembley again, um, and we'll be facing Man City which is a very tasty tie. Potentially could play Chelsea in the final um, if things pan out that, that way. Um, but, you know, we've got the win and obviously we're going to an international break now uh, before we play Watford, which is quite nice to just, you know, get the Arsenal game won, a point behind City. We've got ourselves into a semi-final. We've already got a cup in the bag. You know, if you'd have offered us this at the start of the season, we'd be bitting your hand off for it. Um and yeah, we're through, and that's the main thing. Klopp will be happy just to get just get the um, just to get the performance under the belt, get through, um, put the champagne on ice. Liverpool are going to Wembley twice. Big result for Liverpool, obviously going into the semi-final against Manchester City in the FA Cup. In what, to be perfectly honest, wasn't a very good performance. I felt in the first half Liverpool played well but made some poor decisions in the final third, which meant that they couldn't go into the half-time break with a lead. And then the second half, I felt Liverpool were, were very sloppy, really. And on a different day, with different chances, well, especially one chance taken by Nottingham Forest, the result could have been slightly different. So I think Klopp won't be best satisfied with the second half before performance. However, obviously it comes on the back of a, a large period of games, and obviously you go into a, a team who are... Massively informed, fan base right behind them, biggest game of the season for them, biggest game for years, and obviously you've got to take that into account as well. And they obviously played to their absolute maximum capabilities and pushed Liverpool all the way. Again, Diogo Jota showing just how prolific he can be within the 18-yard box. And his level of goal scoring is just unbelievable when you think that he was a player who had essentially played on the halfway line in a counter-attacking team for Wolves as a as a wide forward travelling the ball, progressing with the ball upfield and how he's turned into almost a goal scoring machine for Liverpool is still one of the biggest mysteries for me but Liverpool have this ability and the scouting department have this ability and the manager to work with these players when he gets them under his wing and turn them into uh, well build on the skill set they've already got and make them even more chameleon like in, in other skills they can pick up and, and Jotter is now a, a prolific forward from that wide forward position or, or central striker. A bit like Van Alden in a different way because obviously when Gene Van Alden came in, he came in as a 
a number 10 that feared man running into the box and then obviously Liverpool and Klopp got hold of him and changed him into a controlling midfield player. And yeah, it's it's amazing to see how sometimes Liverpool acquire these players and just see them in a different light and, and obviously see them being able to adapt to different roles and he's certainly a success story in that case. But the one thing I wanted to touch on really today is this. I'm always fascinated by the sort of squad rotation throughout the season and how a manager keeps players happy, keeps the camaraderie in the group good, the atmosphere, etc, etc, and gives them enough game time to be satisfied to be part of such a massive club for Liverpool and as Liverpool and competing on all fronts, really. And one of the big things, I think, in recruitment over the next few years for Liverpool and in, in all the teams in the Premier League, really, is going to be the British quota that you have to have within a squad. And I find it interesting when I look at some of Liverpool in, in that sense, because what clubs will always want to do is they'll always want to pick up players with that British passport. And But obviously we know it's it's more difficult because any of these players, unless you get them early from potentially lower league sides, are going to cost a premium in terms of the fees that you pay for them. And obviously within Liverpool's side at this moment in time, within Liverpool's squad, some of the players who make up that British quota and their squad players within Liverpool's team could well be moved on at the end of the season because of lack of game time, you know, an unhappiness on their part because they feel that they're playing a big part role or not as big a part as they believe they should play. And obviously you've got James Milner coming to the end of his contract at the end of the year, 36 years of age now, very much a, a player on the periphery, a player with vast experience and so invaluable, I believe, behind the scenes in terms of how, how and what he brings to the, the squad in terms of his leadership. And obviously at this moment in time, you see him you know, coming on late stages in games and obviously occupying the fullback, right fullback position when Liverpool are stretched in that position as their weakest area. You've also got Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain who started today. And you have to imagine that Oxlade-Chamberlain will be a player who will look to advance his career and, and move on to a club in the summer who he can gain minutes for on a weekly basis, take up a starting role. I mean, a lot of the time people reference his injury problems, but he's been fit for a long period of time now at Liverpool. And the fact of the matter is, he, he is he's not really going to be a starting player in that, that starting three in midfield. I think Klopp's made that pretty clear with his selections. And even when he, he starts games, he very rarely finishes them. So you've got to believe he'll be potentially on the move. And certainly one Liverpool would not want to lose is Joe Gomez, who filled in at right-back today, obviously a centre-half player. And I was really concerned when I seen the news break about Alexander-Arnold during the week because I've always said that he is the one player. I mean, listen, there's loads of players who you wouldn't want Liverpool to be without. But for me, probably number one on that list would be Alexander-Arnold. I've said it before because of what he brings to the side. Two reasons, really. There's no one who can replicate what he does from the position. So it leaves Liverpool in a position where they're having to change their format about the attack. But also because he is also the most creative player for Liverpool, which sounds ridiculous really because he's a right back, but everything he does to progress Liverpool either with passes, without driving the ball, and the quality he can bring in, in the way he can distribute the ball, breaking lines. He can play through you, he can play over you, he can play round you. It doesn't matter, he's got every pass in the book. And every time Liverpool have been without him for a period of time, they've really suffered in terms of uh, the statistics of the results. And obviously you wouldn't want Milner playing in that position against top-class opposition because if you're in 1v1 duels, the likelihood is, especially with the late Liverpool's full-backs have to play in advance into higher areas, 
he's going to be exposed in that area. But it's a really difficult one because then the next option is Joe Gomez, who you never really want to see fullbacks, sorry, centre half playing in the fullback area. But the ones you do want to see, I suppose, are the most athletic ones. They're the only ones who are adaptable enough to fulfil them roles. And although Gomez is no doubt a, a fantastic athlete, despite his, his injury problems, you can see in his his comfortability in the role in terms of the way he accepts the ball. You know, it's a different skill set to be able to play fullback and the different attacking traits you've got to have in the modern game. And Liverpool lose a great deal by by putting him in that role and obviously not having Alexander-Arnold there. But Liverpool face a problem because obviously Joe Gomez currently is fourth-choice centre-half and you'd always want to keep Gomez. I think he's been a fantastic player for Liverpool down the years despite his injury problems and the fact he hasn't played as much as he would have liked. However, can in the short term you see him getting above the, the other three centre-halves? We know about Van Dijk, that doesn't need spelling out. But I thought Ibrahim Akanati was Liverpool's best player tonight and I think I've been really impressed with him in his time so far. Even his line-breaking passes and his distribution, I think, are really at a really high level and he has got a top ceiling and being such a young player as well, you wonder when Gomez can get in there. Also factored in, of Joel Matip, obviously, you would have felt at the start of the season that Matip could have been potentially more of a fill-in player just because of his availability because he's never been able to show that availability throughout the season. But the fact that he has been fit, and if he is to keep that level of fitness, which is by no means guaranteed, I I must admit, but he is the first-choice partner for Van Dijk. And, 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 you know, then Gomez is is still operating a fourth choice. Now, when you factor in that he suffered a massive injury, which lost him a year of his career, and basically this year has been another year lost of his career, and the interest that will be in him in the summer, such as the quality of him, you do have to believe that the player himself, as much as he probably loves it at Liverpool, would have to be thinking to himself, where can I see myself engineering the spot in this side, really? And the real things to think about, because obviously if them three players are going out, there, I believe you'd have to have eight eight players within your squad who make up that homegrown quota. And obviously you're talking about there, three players who could be potentially on the move from Liverpool, um, who who obviously fit that. So it's just something to think about in terms of Liverpool's recruitment. I mean, there's a lot on in terms of what Liverpool will be looking for, but straight away, there's no doubt the club will be seeing that as a, a potential problem going forward. And that's why Liverpool obviously would like to identify as many of these players as possible with that passport and get them in. I mean, Carvalho from Fulham, from the little slips that I've, clips that I've seen of him, I was massively disappointed that Liverpool couldn't get the deal over the line. And he would have been a perfect example of someone to bring in. Now, there's no reason that Liverpool would not be able to resurrect that deal. And it, it could already be it could already be signed, sealed, delivered in terms of that. You don't know. But but yeah, it just, um, it just stood out to me because there is players who are going to be leaving Liverpool at the end of the season because of a lack of game time, such as the... The over uh, overnumbered aspect of the squad, and whoever Liverpool get into them areas, that has to be a key factor in identifying players who might make, be able to make up that quota. And that was all I wanted to touch on today. Obviously, I mean, you look at it; it's a, just to start with, and you've obviously got Henderson in there. You've got Curtis Jones. You've got Harvey Elliott, the Robertson, Alexander Arnold. And obviously, Kate Gordon had come into that. So you have got players there, but it is something if all them players were to, to vacate the club, they'd, they'd, have to, they'd have to achieve. But anyway, I'm, I'm drawing on a bit there. But yeah, good win for Liverpool. And obviously, go on to Manchester City now in the semi-final. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.
Due to unforeseen circumstances in Nottingham, we are unfortunately unable to bring you Jurgen Klopp's press conference. However, I spoke with Liverpool.com editor Matt Addison on the full-time whistle to react to that Liverpool win. Yeah, it was uh, it was a difficult game, wasn't it, for Liverpool? It was one that you expected them to kind of win, but narrowly, and, and that's kind of how it was, wasn't it? I think all the way through the game, Forrest made it difficult. It was, you know, a, an intense atmosphere. It was all that you'd expect, really, from that kind of team on this kind of occasion, but... At the same time, you kind of always fancied Liverpool to find a way. I think we've seen that enough over the last couple of, of seasons. This season in particular in the domestic cups, they've kind of had enough to be able to, to get through. And I think that was was the difference really today. Obviously, Forrest had a couple of big chances and missed them. Liverpool have that chance. And I mean, Roberto Firmino should have scored in the, the first half. But Jota, when the chance comes to him, is is clinical. So, yeah, that was was the difference really for me. It's it's just a case of, of taking those chances when they come. It could have been very different, but, you know, if Liverpool are going to win the quadruple this season, they're going to have to ride the luck once or twice. And I think that was probably just about one of those occasions where they deserve to win, but only by a very small margin. I know it's cliche and obviously they were always going to go for it, but Forrest really did make it difficult for us, didn't they? I thought defensively, actually, we dealt pretty well with it, given they are a championship side. They really did pose a threat and I was impressed, obviously, with Canati and Van Dijk, that is relatively strong, Matt, but... I think a defensive Liverpool, you know, be happy with that result today, won't they? Yeah, and I thought Joe Gomez was excellent as well, actually, at right back, which obviously isn't his preferred position, but I thought he was was really, really good for the majority of it. So, yeah, it was it was a good defensive performance, and I think that's probably one thing that in the kind of general talk around this game is, is probably going to be forgotten. I know they had mm. that big chance didn't, even near the end, but apart from that, it didn't really look like causing Liverpool too many problems. Again, there was a bit of chat on commentary around the kind of high line and, and Liverpool doing all of, of that sort of thing. But again, that was it, it wasn't ever one thing that, that made you particularly worried. There was no huge chances apart from that one that they missed a couple of minutes before the goal. So, yeah, I think defensively Liverpool did pretty well. Obviously, Forrest did as well to, to keep Liverpool at bay. It wasn't a perfect performance going forward from Liverpool. But I do think, you know, if Forrest would have, have scored, it would have taken a, a big moment of, of quality. They very nearly had that, to be fair. The, the pass, I think it was Garner, wasn't it, who played the, the ball in behind. That was you know, a moment of, of quality that you know any team could have done that. A Premier League, a Champions League team could have, have played a ball like that and opened up the Liverpool defence. But I think it was, it was one of those days where you kind of felt if Liverpool got one, that would probably be enough. And thankfully, that is the way it went in the end. He mentioned his name, though. I'd like to specifically move on to Joe Gomez. I thought he was brilliant today as well. Someone who at times hasn't been brilliant for Liverpool this season. You know, he's really struggling to get that fitness back. And most of his minutes has been at right back. You know, I personally think he's much better as a centre-half. But he was very impressive today, Matt. And, you know, could he, with Trent's injury, be a very important part of this season? I think he's going to have to be, to be honest. I think if if Trent is out for more than a couple of weeks and, and more than the international break, it would be... Uh, a bit of a test, I think, for James Milner to, to play there twice a week for however long it might be. So, yeah, I think it was it was important, actually, that, that Joe Gomez played well today because, like you say, he could have a big role in, in this season. I mean, as soon as the internationals are over, it's it's back again to, to a game every three or four days. It's two games a week for, for the majority of, of the season, obviously even more the case now. Obviously, the Aston Villa game is going to be rearranged because Liverpool have got the semi-final in this competition. So, yeah, there's going to be quite a few midweek games. Obviously, we hope that, that Trent isn't out for that long. I'm still hopeful that when Jurgen Klopp said weeks, he meant two weeks and no longer than two. But we have to, to kind of, yeah, we, we have to, to wait and, and see how long that's going to be. But if it's any longer than that, I think, yeah, Joe Gomez is going to have a part to play there. And 
to be honest, that's why I think it would be the right decision for him to, to stay at Liverpool. It was certainly the right decision for him to stay in January. But even beyond that, there's going to be times when he can play, be it right back, centre-back, whatever it might be. And moving forward, that role is is obviously going to increase. So, yeah, Liverpool can't afford to, to lose him. And I think the injury to Trent is, is probably going to highlight that a little bit more. Well, I'm now going to move on to the goal. Diogo Jota got the breakthrough eventually. Really needed that because we were under the cosh a bit, weren't we, Matt? Obviously, I think the headline from this is going to be the onside decision because the initial angle showed on ITV. He did look off, I'll be honest, but then they showed a couple more replays and he clearly was just onside, I think. But it was a well-taken finish again, Matt, wasn't it? Yeah, but right place in the right time. I thought he was fairly terrible throughout the game, to be honest. He didn't play particularly well, but again, we've seen it so many times from him. Doesn't play well, doesn't really get involved, but then scores the winning goal. And as long as he keeps doing that, then Liverpool will be happy. I mean, in terms of the VAR decision, it, it did look offside. I was bracing myself for it being ruled out, but then obviously the, the technology gets it right. It's it's not one of those where it's a refereeing decision. It's It's a fact, whether it's on or off. And on this case, Liverpool just about on the right side of that line. So, yeah, again, I'm sure there will be some uh, nonsense spoken around the, the VAR and, and all the rest of it, but the, the decision was right. Jota just about managed to, to keep himself on side. And, yeah, it was, uh, it was a vital goal. Obviously, again, coming just a couple of minutes after that big chance, after that goal went in and it stood, it, it really did feel like that that was the the moment really the the chance at the other end that chance being taken that was that was the the couple of minute spell where that game was won yeah of course and there's another decision as well with Alison Becker rushing out of his line I can't remember the Forest player's name but at first I thought oh no he's touched in there but in hindsight the Forest player did go looking for it Matt didn't he yeah I'm not quite sure why he did that I think if he had carried on he might have had an opportunity to put it in he might have been able to, to go around the goalkeeper but yeah he seemed to, to leave his foot dragging along the ground didn't he? I mean Alisson did come out and, and your heart was in your mouth for a second but he does obviously pull out and the, the, the forward sort of stands on his on his hand almost in in that sort of instance so yeah I think that the referee wasn't quite sure but they got it right in the end and again I'm sure there will be some strange claims around that and live Varpool and all the rest of it, but two two decisions that went Liverpool's way, but for no other reason than that's the correct call. Yeah, they were the right ones. And Ali himself had a great performance today, Matt, didn't he? A couple of big saves as well. Yeah, yeah, really good performance from him. He's he's been important, hasn't he, the last few weeks, I think, in in terms of of making a few saves. Did that obviously against Arsenal and exactly what he brings to the table isn't it we know he's, he's solid he's dependable that's why he's the best in the world and again there was no kind of flying saves or, or anything for the cameras it was just the case of being confident coming out and, and collecting crosses and I think we've seen that a lot of times with goalkeepers in the past actually you've kind of gone away to a championship team they've thrown a, a few crosses into the box sometimes the goalkeeper can get a bit lost and the crowd can get on his back and, and one thing leads to another but with Allison, you just know that that's not going to be the case. It's always complete coolness and calmness whenever the ball's in the air, on the floor, whatever it might be. And yeah, again, just another really confident, assured performance. I think I think we do forget about him sometimes because that's just standard, isn't it? It's only when he makes an error or, or doesn't do something perfect that we kind of talk about it. But yeah, you're right. Excellent performance from him. And now looking ahead at the calendar for April, it's going to be absolutely mental, isn't it? I think we've got Watford... Champions League against Benfica, City in the league, Benfica again, and City in the FA Cup. That's an unbelievable schedule, Matt, isn't it? How crucial are those two weeks going to be? 
Yeah, I mean Manchester United and Everton. I think the next two after that as well. So it's going to be going to be some fixture list, isn't it? Then it'll be an FA Cup semi final or whatever else after the, the the Benfica game. So yeah, no, it's um, it, it's an exciting time, isn't it? It's it's what Liverpool wanted. It's it's what we want. We want all of these games. We want these these opportunities. And you know, we've said it plenty of times. It, it's going to be very very hard for Liverpool to win the quadruple. It's going to be very very hard for them to go all the way in in each of those competitions. But you know, they they do just keep doing it game by game. I think. That the first game back should be a fairly straightforward one for them if they can beat Watford and and go into that crucial period of games top of the the Premier League for for a spell as they will be ahead of Manchester City playing a little bit later on in in the day. I think that could be important. So, yeah, it's usually exciting. There's no kind of nerves or, or anything like that. It's it's just a case of of trying to enjoy it as much as possible because you know there's lots of of teams that would would give anything to be in the position that Liverpool are in. So, yeah, savour every moment and for now at least, still fighting on all fronts. You've been listening to the Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel.